podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, the Fin Fans Podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. And it's uh, Monday. I'm here with Louis Ragoni. Hello, Dolphins. Yeah, we're going to discuss the uh, Dolphin Jet game that took place up in the Meadowlands yesterday. I kind of equate it to a heavyweight fight where both fighters spend 15 rounds hugging each other instead of boxing. Uh, that's kind of how I felt watching yesterday's game. I just didn't feel like uh, either team was, was overly aggressive. I didn't feel like either team was uh, really trying to win the game. Does that make sense, Lewis? <laughs> it does. It seemed that way, didn't it? It did. It, it looked like they were half-assing it, half-assing it on both sides of the football on, with both teams. I mean, I think it had a lot to do with uh, a lot of key guys missing. Yeah, of course. On, on the Jets side of the football, and we lost some key guys early on. And, uh, you, you know, you, you kind of had that feeling from it. What were your initial thoughts of uh, the way we started out? Well, I mean, you know, we start out like we normally do, slow. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it just seems to be a constant. I mean, even though we got up on them 3 nothing, um, we did, you know, we did drive the football on our first possession, but we stalled. Uh, it was a great drive. I mean, I think I want to and I think we started from our own four. Something like that. And yes. we drove to yes. their four-yard line. I mean... Yeah, that's 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 a great drive right there. So you know the problem is we don't get in the end zone at the end of that drive. And um, you know I'm not sure. Did we lose Parker on that first possession? I'm trying to remember now. I, I don't it, think so. I, I don't think so. I think it was the next possession. It was maybe the next possession. But uh, you know we go up the field. We get up three nothing early on, and um, you know the Jets come right back. They score the touchdown. They go up the field. You know, it's it's the same type of thing. You know, 10 plays. They go right up the field. Robbie Anderson, 26-yard touchdown. I mean, I'm just getting tired of the secondary just getting beat for big touchdowns. I mean, you know, most of the scores they give up are these, you know, these touchdown passes that are around that you know, that, that type of uh, yardage-wise. Well, you yeah, know? I mean, you see the same thing week after week. You see a bunch of kids looking at each other thinking somebody else had the responsibility. Right. Everybody's pointing fingers, and, it, you know, it's a struggle, and I understand it to an extent because you have a lot of guys back there, you know, that are coming in and out of the lineup. It's not the guys we want on the football field right now, so you expect it. But, you know, the, the, the and the other problem, Mike, you know, that we have to talk about is the lack of pass rush. I mean, when you have the amount of time that these quarterbacks have, yes, and we, we've beaten this down as well every week, it, it, you know, you just can't expect these guys to cover these guys forever down the field. And well, that was, that was one play. I think Darnold had about fourteen seconds to throw. <laughs> it oh, was just, just you know, it made un- me cry. Unbelievable. And I, you know, again, I I don't think, and, and I could be wrong, but I don't think we had a sack yesterday, did we? I mean, maybe one. 
I don't uh, remember. I think I we did. Rem- I think Van Ginkle had one. Yes, now that he I'm did. thinking about he it. Did. He did. It was his first sack, and that was very late in the game. It was late in the game, yeah. Mike, and it was after the initial, uh, you know, it was more of a cover sack, to be honest with you. It wasn't like he beat his man and he blew up the play. Darnold kind of started to step out of the pocket, and Van Ginkle happened to, you know, be there a second time around and, and, and tackled him. But past that, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me that, you know, the pressures, the knockdowns on Darnold, but I can assure you that it wasn't an awful lot. He had plenty of time. There's no worries when, when a quarterback's playing against us, he's not concerned about getting hit. And that, that was the case again yesterday. You know, getting back to the football game, you know, we fall behind again. You know, they score, you know, the Jets score 16 points in the second quarter. You know, we're kicking field goals, so it's 16-9 at the half. And then (laughs) the second half is much of the same. It's just field goals going back and forth. And, I mean, you know, that, that, that was the football game. I mean, I don't, you know, we'll talk about individual play and stuff, but the game itself was, to me, somewhat boring. Uh, you know, there was a lot of interesting little things that were going on inside the game, but, um, otherwise, you know, we had seven field goals. We don't get in the end zone. Um, you know, that, that says enough, right? The Jets had how many touchdowns? One yesterday? Yeah. I think I think the two teams combined for the one, the one touchdown. And that was, uh, you know, on the Jets second drive of the game. So we didn't see a touchdown for pretty much three and a half quarters. Okay, and, now uh, Darnold was hit three times. He was uh, hurried 10 times and felt pressure a total of 13 times. That's your 3 plus 10, 13. 13 times. Yeah. Boy, I'll tell you what, they weren't I, – I don't know what they consider pressures, Mike. Moving but, him uh, off his spot, yeah. basically. So he, he attempted 36 passes. So right, they, right. They, so about one-third of the time. One-third of the time they got to him. And uh, the bottom line is – or they got close to him. The bottom right. line is they had one sack yesterday. That's correct. You know, we can get technical about it, but the bottom line is is that we don't have a pass rush, and um, it's a major problem on this team, one of the biggest problems. Fitzpatrick um, was pressured 19 times. Mm-hmm, 19 times. And he threw the ball up just as many times. I believe he threw the ball up 37 times. So. Yeah. It was somewhat comparable. Um, so, I mean, you know, the game itself, it was what it was. I mean, we don't have to get deep in the details. I mean, like I said, we can, you know, we can go on to individual play. I mean, you just mentioned Fitzpatrick. Uh, I felt that he, you know, even though his numbers don't look horrible, um, you know, two, 245 yards, he completed 21 to 37. He did have the one interception, which was more of a, you know, a Hearns uh, getting the ball ripped from him than it was a, a bad pass from Fitzpatrick. But he did throw enough bad passes yesterday, especially in the Renza, red zone. He had a couple yeah. of guys at times. Um, I don't think he was particularly sharp yesterday. He wasn't. I think that um, he didn't kill us. You know, he didn't have one of the games where he throws three, four interceptions and, you know, yeah. we're, we're done. But He didn't lose it. He didn't win it. He didn't lose it, and he sure in the heck didn't win it. But you know, without making excuses for him, we did lose Parker extremely early in the game and we and we lost Wilson as well. And some of the guys that we had on the field, I mean, that guy Collins, he looked like a tight end at wide receiver on the sideline. That one pass that, that Fitzpatrick threw up down the sideline, he looked just so slow getting to the football, didn't he? You know, on that one fly pattern down the left side, I don't know if you remember the play or not, but 
you know, I felt that Fitzpatrick threw a nice ball up and um, Collins just didn't have the I speed. I think you're, you're, you're thinking of Hollins. Hollins, 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 yeah. Hollins. That's it, Hollins. I called him Collins, didn't I? Yes. Yeah, Hollins. He just, uh, you know, you have him. You had Isaiah Ford come in, who, by the way, did an exceptional job. Yeah, he had a nice game. Probably nicer than we had any reason to expect he'd have. Absolutely. You know, he's a guy that came in and he had almost 100 yards receiving. And he was really the guy that Fitzpatrick get, kept going to yesterday. Uh, Gasicki was non-existent yesterday. One catch for six yards and you know, he got targeted five times. A couple of those passes were not very good ones from Fitzpatrick. I know he had him in the end zone one time. Yeah, he targeted them a few times in the end zone, but they weren't able to connect. Okay, Facebook listeners, as you know, uh, we have a November contest uh, where we're giving away a $100 gift certificate to fanatics.com. The way we're handling it is we are going to give you a phrase, and this phrase was spoken during one of our November podcasts. If you can tell us who spoke these words, then you will be entered into a drawing for that gift certificate. The phrase is, I watched that game, and the first friggin' thing they did was give them the ball in space. That's the phrase. One of us, Lou, myself, or Jim, spoke that phrase during one of our shows, and if you can tell us who spoke it, you'll be entered into a drawing. And the way you're going to let us know who did it is I'm going to open up a thread on the page, and uh, the only thing you'll do in that thread is, is put down the name of the person that you think said it. Friday, we'll close the thread. Anybody that mentions the correct names will be entered into the drawing on Friday. All right. Good luck. Hope you win. Fins up. They weren't able to connect. There was one, I believe, that he threw a little bit low as well. You know, that that, that could have possibly been a touchdown throw. So, I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, <laughs> listen, you look at this receiving core as to what we had on the field when all was said and done in the second half and the fact that we were still able to drive the football. You know, I, I give Fitzpatrick credit for that, but again, you know, he wasn't at his best yesterday, but he did put us in a position to win the game, and you know, our defense failed us at the end. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, we mentioned Ford. Um, who else, Mike? Uh, would you say had a had a pretty solid game yesterday, in your opinion? I thought Davenport on the line played fairly well, which was different for him because he's been the one struggling a lot, but he, he played pretty good yesterday at left tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, Chandler Cox wasn't in there very much, uh, but when he was in there, his, his blocking seemed to be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think you gotta you got to say something about Laird, don't you? He had, he had a pretty respectable game. I thought so. He had a few decent runs. Uh you know, again, you can't blame the running back for the offensive line. I mean, anytime we tried to run inside the tackles, it was a struggle. But he was able on a few of the drives to have some nice runs mixed in with the passes. He he made a great catch down the sideline. And, you know, the, the thing you got to like about Laird, Mike, is that he makes it look easy. There's no yeah. – he, he's very, very patient. In his running style, he he knows how to – he hopped over a defender on one play. He juked him and, and jumped over an arm tackle. He made a nice catch down the sideline uh, where he just beat the linebacker right at the line of scrimmage. He made a little inside move and bounced outside and, and beat him. I mean, he just toasted him. 
And Fitzpatrick put it right in his hands, and it, it, it was a really, really nice reception and, and pass. It was a great play. And, uh, you know, there's a lot to be said about it. Again, this is a guy that was a free, he's a free agent rookie. He's a yep. guy that, you know, we got basically at the end of the draft and he is contributing and he looks like he is going to be a guy that's going to be around on this football team for at least depth. And he's capable of doing the job. He, I thought he did a fairly decent job yesterday. Yeah. I, I think he's somebody they'll find a way to use. Yes. I wish... Parker wouldn't have got hit in the head. Uh, you know, like the guy uh, grabbed him and turned him upside down and tackled him head first into the ground. And, uh, you know, that, that turf in the Meadowlands, I'm sure this time of year, is pretty hard. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Cold ground. Yeah. Let's just hope that he's not out over the next three games. You know, we, we, want, we want to see him on the field. Without him, Mike, it becomes, it's going to be a struggle. Uh, you know, we have a couple of, a couple of winnable games coming up you know, against the Giants and Bengals. And, you know, you'd love to see him out there. You'd love to see him building on the season that he's already had. You know, you want to see him get to that thousand yard plateau. I'm sure it's something that that he desires. As as fans, we want to see him break that thousand yard plateau. Yeah, he's not that far away. I think maybe 116 yards or something like that. I'll tell you what, if he didn't get hurt yesterday, Mike, with the Jets secondary, you know, the injuries that they had back there, I mean, it's possible that he may have gotten it yesterday. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate he got hurt. He's got three games to get there. Let's just hope he bounces right back next week and, uh, you know, he gets that number. It'd be nice to see. Now, Wilson's injury, it was the same type of, it was a head injury as well, Mike. I yes, it was. He had a concussion. Also, I didn't see his. Um, uh, neither did I. I didn't even know he was out of the game until I said, "Wait a minute, why is Hollins in the game and Isaiah Ford and all these guys, and where is Wilson, especially with Parker being out of the game?" You know, it right. wasn't making sense to me. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know when he got hurt. I, I missed. I missed it. Mm-hmm. But um, I did as well. You know, think about all the guys we got. You know, from our receiving group that that's not playing. Yeah. Oh, it's our whole receiving core has been decimated. You know, you trade stills in the off season. He's a guy that you, you know, you expected to be here, you know, as pre, as camp started, right. you expected Grant and Wilson to be your slot guys. Wilson's missed probably what? 70, 75% of the season, Mike. Well, if you count game minutes, he's missed an awful lot. <laughs> Without a doubt. I mean, yesterday he played one quarter. Yeah. And he's had a few games like that on top of the games he completely missed. Exactly. Uh, you know, Parker has been our our healthiest guy, and we lost him for the majority of the game yesterday. And, you know, again, Grant's out for the year. I mean, it, you know. And, Don't forget and Williams. Preston Williams. I mean, it's, you know, it's, you know, th- that receiver core has been decimated and um, it would have been nice to have had all of those guys playing with Fitzpatrick over the course of this season and, you know, seeing what may have happened and could have happened, but it is what it is. And, you know, let's just hope that they all bounce back healthy next year and, and we have a really good core there if that, in fact, is the case, you know, because they were, they were playing well. It looked like Grant was finally coming back and then he re-injured himself. It's very yeah. frustrating. Very, very frustrating. It is, and I'm sure it's frustrating for, you know, Fitzpatrick, and it's frustrating for the coach and, uh, you know, uh, Chad O'Shea and, and just about everybody on the, you know, involved on the offensive side of the football because it, it's it got to be frustrating when you're struggling to move the ball and uh, struggling to get points when you do move the ball. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we've done 
a very, very solid job of late of, of putting points on the board. We seem to overcome all the injuries. And by the way, Mike, let's not forget about the day Jason Sanders had yesterday. I mean, he would have went eight for, you know, if they don't mishandle that that one field goal, he would have, we would have won the football game yesterday. I mean, that one field goal hurt us incredibly. Yeah, he, he hacked that snap, huh? And uh, I'll tell you what, those kicks yesterday, I would say every one of them was right smack dead down center. the middle, yep. dead yep. center. And I mean, with velocity coming through there, he was kicking the ball great. And uh, it was a great effort by him. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. It, it never is. I mean, I, I, I give him all the credit in the world. You go out there, you kick seven out of eight balls through the uprights. And, and with, you know, some of them were pretty, pretty, pretty long kicks. He did a great job yesterday. So we cannot leave him out of uh, the conversation in regard to football games yesterday. Without him, Mike, we have no points yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, I mean, you know, he, he has to be talked about. But had, had he made the one that uh, he missed, maybe we win the game. But uh, Right. Anyway, That's what I had yeah, said. Yep, yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's it's the way it goes. Uh, he, he played fine. Uh, you know, he, he's, been, he's been a solid kicker for the most part. He has. There's no question he about it. He had a little it. slump there for a couple of games where he missed a few kicks, but I, I think by and large he's been fine. Um, it's the punter that's starting to concern me because he's uh, shanking more and more, and you know you'd, you'd like a little more consistency from him. I, I, I can't agree with you anymore. He he's been struggling. You know he he shanks them, and yesterday he had a bad one where he just it, there was a very low trajectory on it. They had like a 15-yard return on it to boot, and it was only like a 40-yard kick to begin with. So he's done a lot of that this year. Um, He's got to get much better than what he's been. And getting back to Parker, Mike, he's got 882 yards. So yeah, he's he. You you were pretty close. He needs a he needs 118 yards to get there. He probably would have came doggone close to that yesterday because he was off to a really good start early in that football game. Yeah. The Jets weren't going to have an answer for him. So, yeah, the great thing about him too, Mike, is that he's averaging 16 yards a carry, a, a catch. I mean, yes. that's a that's a real nice number for a guy that is not a speedster. You know, he, he's not a guy that has. You know, he's just he's not a Tyreek Hill, is what I'm getting at. I mean, right, six, right. Sixteen. But, I mean, yards. you can you can throw you can throw him anywhere because he he his advantage is size and his leaping ability and uh, mm-hmm. his strength. So it doesn't matter whether you throw in the pass twelve yards or twenty yards, he's going to be able to catch it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of you know the quarterback having the time for him to get downfield. Uh, whereas you know you take a guy like Wilson and you know he's not, he doesn't have the leaping ability that Parker has and he doesn't have the strength that Parker has. You got to hit him a little more you know uh, accurately. Exactly. And speaking of strength, Mike um, Hearns, yeah. when we're on the receivers, yeah. he he's got to do some hand and arm exercises or do something. He's got to start lifting some weights or whatever the case may be because he just seems to be putting on the putting the ball on the ground way too much. Uh, he had the ball ripped from him yesterday. 
on the interception. I mean, you got to give the defensive player some credit. I mean, it was a very nice play by him, but, uh, you know, he, he's got to hold on to the football. He put it on the ground last week. We recovered it. He put it on the ground against the Bills in, in a key situation where nobody even hit him. So, you know, he, he, he's got to now. If Parker's out for any length of time or Wilson, then he's, he's the next man up. Him and Isaiah Ford are going to be the, the go-to guys. So he, he's got to step up and make some plays. No question about it. So what was your thoughts of the defense yesterday? The defense, you know, I felt the Jets without Le'Veon Bell, I, I felt that we had an advantage there and it didn't, it didn't come through that way. It just didn't. I saw Powell running the ball way too well. Now, I know they didn't average a lot per carry per se, but they were able to do enough in the running game to where I just felt that without Bell in the football game that we we should, especially with the way their offensive line has been playing, Mike, that we should have just dominated them and put them in constant passing situations, which then you can maybe send some blitzes and do some things differently. But, you know, between Belil Powell and Montgomery, you know, they they had over 100 yards rushing between them. Yep. And, um, you know, they averaged a little bit less than four yards a carry. But, you know, again, with the way the Jet offensive line is played and the fact that they didn't have their star running back, I thought the advantage went to us and it didn't shine out that way. I don't think the linebackers had a really solid game. Uh, the defensive ends, again, didn't have a real solid game. I mean, there wasn't anything that stood out to where they were just – annihilating us and running, you know, 10, 15, 20 yards on every carry, but they did enough to, you know, to extend drives and to, you know, time of possession wise, um, control the football. And the other thing was they didn't really put Darnold in, you know, long situations to where he had a, you know, he had to throw the football on third and eight, third and twelves, third and nines, you know, they were in Good position a lot of the times to to do whatever they wanted to do. So I don't I don't felt they had a very good game at all. The secondary we already talked about. Uh, Robbie Anderson smoked them all day long. That seems to be the trend as well, where the number one receiver on the other team just blows blows us up. John Brown did it when we played Buffalo. Yeah, you know it just seems to be. Whoever their number one receiver is, they come out and they have a big game against us. And uh, it has a lot to do with the fact we don't have the guys out there that we would love to have out there. Right. you got to get better play out of the linebackers. We've been saying this pretty much week in and week out. And, yes. And uh, it hasn't changed. Uh, you know, you, you, you've got your own Baker, who I didn't think was at the top of his game. You've got uh, uh, Guavin, who who wasn't at the top of his game. You know these these guys have got to show up, and they've got they've got to cause problems for the offense. Van Ginkle, what were your impressions of him? When as you're watching the football game, he did have our lone sack, but it, it's really hard to gauge. It really is. I mean, I I can't sit here and tell you how I feel about Van Ginkle right now because I honestly didn't see enough of him yet. And I didn't see enough of him yesterday. It wasn't like his name was being called every time the Jets ran the football. You know, he, he's a left outside linebacker, and, right? Uh, you know, when you when you are watching other left outside linebackers, uh, Brzezinski or any of those guys, uh, you know, you you felt them in the game, and yes. I did. I didn't really feel Van Ginkle, is what I'm saying. 
Agreed. And and he's young and he hasn't been here the full season. He's just Oh, getting, sure. No, yeah, no doubt. No he's doubt. getting his feet wet. The, the guys that are a disappointment are the two guys you mentioned. Because in the preseason, Mike, what was the talk on the defensive side of the football? It was All Baker. Baker was definitely the talk. And the, the kid from Canada. Um, Equon. Equabon, exactly. You just mentioned or them. Guavin, I mean, however you Guavin, pronounce, the however you pronounce yeah. his name. Those two guys, when we came out of preseason, were the guys that we were talking about. We were like, wow, this guy may, may have been a steal. The guy we got from Canada. Baker was just blowing it up in preseason. He was having phenomenal games. Those two guys have been major disappointments up to this point. And uh, the guy that we were disappointed during preseason was McMillan, and he has actually played the best out of all of them up to this point. It's funny how that works. It is funny how it works. And going forward, Mike, Baker has got to step up. He's a guy that, especially in a game like this yesterday against the Jets, you're not playing against a great offensive line. They haven't played well all year. You felt that they were going to be able to make plays and, and control what the Jets were doing on offense, and it just didn't happen. So, you know, they did have a nice fourth down stop. I mean, we can go back to that. You know, when they when the Jets went for it on fourth and one, I can't remember who blew the play up and who made the tackle. I think Baker blew it up and McMillan made the tackle. I think that's correct. Or vice versa. I think it was the way I, I said it happened. I, I felt that was a good play. But you know what? You got to see more of that. You got to see more of it over the course of the game. You know, I, I don't want to see one play and say, oh, wow, that was a great play. No, we got to see numerous great plays. We've well, like you to- said, you want to put the quarterback in a, in a tough third down situation. Exactly. You, you know, listen, we, we've talked about it. We got to get playmakers on both sides of the football. Uh, Gesicki and Parker on the offensive side have really done a good job over the last few weeks. But uh, on the defensive side, Mike, it's non-existent. It just isn't. It's not coming from anywhere. You know, you have a decent, you know, you'll have an interception from one person or another. They make a good play. Needham has played well considering where he came from. But they have to get guys that are going to be game changers. And they just don't have it right now. Um, you know, the running well, back position. You know, Needham is in a tough spot because they're putting him on, on the best receiver each week. And he's not really a number one cornerback. So, you know, they're, they're putting him in a, in a situation where, you know, he all he can do is the best he can do. And, and, and really, it's, it hasn't been good enough. Yeah, it's a difficult situation very, for him, Mike. Very. For the exact reason you just mentioned. I mean, here's a guy that, again, is another free agent rookie. And lo and behold, he's playing the number one corner position right now. And it is what it is. I mean, he's done a pretty solid job considering that he's going against the other team's best receiver game in and game out the majority of the time. So going forward, you think you have a player there. You may have the answer on the at the other cornerback position once Xavier Howard comes back and once you get your, you know, your safety position in place. Uh, then it all comes together. So he's getting his feet wet. That's the positive from it all is the fact that he's going against number ones. It's a good thing for him. That's the best experience, the best thing that you can do. The same with Laird, 
The same with Dieter. He's another guy we haven't spoken about yesterday. One of the rookie guys coming in. You you wanted more. Well, out we of didn't him. speak about him, Lou, because he got taken out of the game, real. Right. <laughs> well, know, we're gonna he, we're gonna talk about that now. <laughs> but before we before we do, let's talk uh, about Needham's play at the end of the game. Well, yeah. I mean, it's subjective, Mike. And if it's subjective, then you don't reverse it. That's the way I look at it. It's that simple. Uh, I mean, We're, we're going to disagree here because I looked at the play this morning. Originally, I felt it wasn't interference, and I said so. But I looked at it this morning a couple of times. And what you can see is with his right arm, he grabs the receiver's shoulder. And you can physically see him turning the receiver mm-hmm. before the ball actually gets there. So I think they had they had to overturn that. Well, my thoughts are this, Mike. There's inconsistency across the NFL. Well, that's another issue. Okay. And, you know, that's my problem. Now, I've been watching football for 40 years, 45 years, okay? And at the end of football games, they make the guys play. You never have games to – I have seen more blatant pass interference calls in games, and at the end of the games – The refs just don't decide games on that. They let them play. And if unless it's completely blatant like that playoff game last year with the Saints involved, then they let them play and that's it. End of story. You guys had four quarters to play football and win a football game. It shouldn't come down to something like that, and it did. It is what it is. Now, we can blame the loss on that. But the bottom line is we were in the red zone eight times oh, yesterday, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, no and we question. didn't score points. So, I mean, I look at it to where, listen, if you have, if it wasn't called on the field, okay? And, as, and it wasn't, but it should have And been. it wasn't. And it wasn't compl- overly blatant, and it becomes a situation where it's, uh, okay, yeah, maybe he did do that. That goes on over the course of the game over and over and over again. I saw... Antonio Brown push our defensive back off him and catch a touchdown pass when New England was here. And we challenged it and it came back that, that's as correct. I remember that. Yeah. As not offensive pass This is the stuff that goes on week in and week out. Now, if it's not completely blatant, and that's why this rule was put in place to begin with, then you don't overturn it. It's that simple. That's the way I look at it. Um, if a guy gets obliterated three seconds before the ball gets there and the referee misses it, you overturn the call. On a play like that, there's, there's, there was probably a hundred of them yesterday in the NFL. And if it's not over the top latent, then it goes on as called. Because now what you're doing is you're opening up that door, which is what they weren't doing early in the season. Now they're doing it. So there's no consistency involved. This is the problem that I have with it more than the fact that they – overturned it well you know a couple of years ago you went through what is a catch what is not a catch you know it's it's like i say you know the nfl's been around 100 years they should have the rules down by now and they should have replay down by now how long have they been toying with replay hey guys i wanted to break in here real quick just to ask a favor of you on the app that you're listening on uh, if you enjoyed the show please subscribe to the podcast hit like leave a, a comment on your thoughts of the show and uh, if you didn't know, we do, we do run a Facebook group. Uh, it's Miami Dolphins number one. That's hashtag one. We talk uh, Dolphins football 24-7, 365. We'd love to have you join us and share your thoughts. And uh, once again, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, let's make it a habit. We'll see you next week.
I mean, it's been decades. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's absolute. It, it's absolutely ridiculous that teams are still in this position. When um, I watch a football game, I should know exactly what interference is and what it isn't, and what's going to be called and what isn't. Yes, exactly. And it's, the players need to know that. The right. coaches need to know that. You know, it's ridiculous. It really is. It's ridiculous. Uh, Some of the plays, Mike, are so close. And I know these guys are flying around the football field. It's got to be very difficult to be a referee in the NFL. There's no question about it that. It is. But, but it's, a, it's difficult to be a fan of the NFL. You said a mouthful there. I mean, it, it's, it's very frustrating to watch games and seeing what goes on, even in all these other football games. I mean, I listen, I, I hate the Patriots. I, I love the fact that they lost yesterday. But there were some calls in that game that that affected the outcome. There's no yes. ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, you know, the I believe it was Kelsey who fumbled the football. The guy would have ran it in for a touchdown. Um, the other one down the sideline where they said that the receiver stepped out of bounds and he didn't. I mean, that hurt them as well. Uh, they've had a horseshoe up their butt for years, New England. So it was nice to see. But getting <laughs> getting back to my point. You had four quarters of football to win a football game. So New England can blame it on a few bad calls. We can blame it on the bad call at the end of the game. But the bottom line is is that that one play did not decide the football game. It no, just their didn't. inability to score in the red zone is what cost the football game. And their inability to stop them on defense. Right. And it, We took the lead and they didn't stop them. I mean, the very first play... The Jets get the football. We have a corner or a safety that attempts to knock the ball down, and he allows the receiver to go 40 yards. The game was over right there. Yep. You know, th- where the issue lies, Mike, are in the players that are on the football field. When you have a guy attempting to intercept a pass on the sideline, once, once we took the lead in the fourth quarter, and you know that all you have to do is just keep them in front of you and you attempt to intercept a pass. Now, he had no way... There was no way he was intercepting that pass. He went to knock it down. But what he should have did was just blew him up the minute he caught the football. He should have took a better angle on it, should have nailed him. Maybe he doesn't catch the ball, and you're in a second down and 10 situation. But instead, the receiver catches the ball, goes down the sideline, and they were in field goal goal position immediately on the very first play from scrimmage for them. So that's where you lose football games. You don't lose football games on a referee's call at the end of the game. It's that simple. And any of the fans out there who are just pissed off over the fact that they lost the football game because of that nonsense, that's not the case. We lost the game. We had four quarters to win it, and we didn't do it. That one play did not win or lose the football game. You asked your kicker to kick eight field goals. I mean, what more needs to be said? Exactly. It's that simple. So, you know, we, we spent a lot of time on this, Mike. We've spent a lot of time on the refereeing and the NFL and the fact that they still can't get it right. And you know how much, uh, you know, how how it bothers me to to an extreme. I think it bothers everybody. It, it bothers me, though, above and beyond, Mike. I think well, some of the... Well, yeah, you know, you are who you are. But, you know, <laughs> I, I watch the game, Lewis, and I'm just as bothered by it because yeah. it's like I said, they've had a hundred years to fix it. That's a long-ass time. Well, we, we, we shouldn't be wondering what pass interference is. We should know. It should be written. It should be clear to understand. And everybody should have the same interpretation of it. 
And that's not the way it is. Just like it wasn't that with a catch a couple of years ago, you know, and it's foolishness. It is foolishness. But, you know, Mike, we've been playing football for 100 years and we have done without this nonsense in regard to challenging pass interference calls. And I understand it because of the New Orleans play last year. It cost them a Super Bowl visit. But Okay, it's one play. You've completely changed the game of football. You've now opened up a big can of worms because of one play over the course of 100 years of football. And it was it, it was just a horrible call by the referee. Now, this has gone on in different football games at different times. You move on from it. You've changed the whole game because of it. There may have been different routes to go in regard to how to fix that issue, to where if it's blatant, that somebody up in a booth can say, can overturn it. You follow what I'm saying? Without. Yeah, we've talked about that. Right. Without the coaches having to throw a red flag, without them looking at you, you make somebody up in the booth look at it and say, hey, you know what? That was absolutely blatant. We have to change that call. In my opinion, yesterday, it was not that blatant. Could he have caught the ball? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. The referee didn't see it that way initially. I didn't see him just annihilating the guy before the football. So before the football got there. So again, it's a situation where if it's blatant like it was in that playoff game, I understand it. There should not none of these plays should be challengeable from from the coach's standpoint. Well, it's, it wasn't. It was the booth. It was, you know, inside two minutes, so the booth decided to challenge it. Exactly. And as far as I'm concerned, they should have just left it alone. That's it. You know, yeah. hey, listen, this is not even close to what happened in the playoff game. You made the call. It's close. Could it have been? Yes, but we're not overturning it, and you leave it alone. I'm just talking about over the course of the game, Mike. I know yeah, I understand yeah, yeah. that was within two minutes, but as you're watching football games, it's ridiculous at this point because the coaches are throwing flags out for pass interference now, and it's it's a really, really touchy, touchy call. Well, look, if, if you're a coach, you're going to. If you have a question in your mind, you're going to. That's why you have the flag. But from the league standpoint, they are so intent on getting things right, they're screwing them up more. Exactly. Well, think about this for a minute, Mike. Let's go into the playoffs this season, right? And you have uh-huh. a championship game. And a running back gets the football late in the fourth quarter and runs around the right side. And the offensive lineman just totally holds the defensive end. I mean, completely holds him and throws him down to the ground. Okay, right. and and all the fans and the press are in an uproar. Oh my God, that was blatant holding. So now, what do you do next year? What you visit this, and now you say, well, you know what? We're going to call holding penalties if if they see where you're going to be able to throw the red flag, and you're going to be able to now challenge holding penalties at the line of scrimmage. That's what they're making this become, and right. you know, it, it it's you know, it it gets to a point where where do you draw the line? You follow what I'm saying? Because that could happen. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the pass interference call last year was one thing, but now in the playoffs this year. Something like that happens. It gets scrutinized by by the media. The fans are in an uproar. And all of a sudden, now they're visiting that, where you can challenge holding calls at the line of scrimmage. Where are you going to draw the line? 
That's my point here. It, it, it's 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 kind of well, ridiculous. We watched football point. back in the day when human error was part of the game. Exactly. It is what it is. And it was a great game. The immaculate reception happened, and, and there were so many controversial plays. The holy roller. I mean, I can go on and on. Oh, but, yeah. You know, the point is... It happened. It was fun. It was something to talk about. Yeah, some fans some fans were mad this week. Some fans were happy this week. That's part of sports. Absolutely. And there was a flow to the football game to boot. Yeah. You didn't have it's just, all it's these. It's over the top. It really is. It's over the top. It, it, it is. I mean, we've talked about it until we're – we can talk about it until we're blue in the face. It's not going to change anything nope, because people are watching and, you know, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, nobody's going anywhere. Me and you are going to be in front of the football TV watching the games. We're going to be doing two podcasts again next week and life goes and on. We'll, and we'll be saying is. something else happened that shouldn't have happened because it happened, you know. Exactly. <laughs> the, the bottom line, Mike, let's let's get to the good stuff, okay? How's that? Because we're, right. get, we're getting late in the game here. Um, the, the the positive to all of it is that we played a meaning a meaningless game yesterday, okay? And had we won, us and the Jets would have had we would have dropped e- like eighth. We would have had the same exact record, okay? And nobody, there's not a Dolphin fan out there that wants the stinking Jets next in this upcoming draft sitting right in front of us. I mean, and they would have probably been, I mean, directly in front of us with our luck, snatching guys over and over again that we would have loved to have had. So, you know, that's the positive to all this. The fact that right now at this point, they've got, they, they, they're two games up on us in regard to schedule with three to play. So unless we win all three and they lose all three, we're going to at least be in front of them in regard to the draft. So that's the positive that came from yep. it. Um, the other positive is that Houston lost yesterday and they lost ugly. You know, they're looking a little bit less like a playoff team. We have to root for Tannehill, Lou. We have to root for them, right? Because I know they played Tennessee twice, and Tennessee yeah. doesn't mean anything to us whether they win those two football games. Now, if that in fact happens to where Tennessee sweeps them, then Houston probably will not even make the playoffs. As a matter of fact, they won't make the playoffs, which, which is, is a ben- which is our ideal scenario, a benefit to us as well. Now. Right. We just got to hope that Pittsburgh starts losing some football games, and then we'll have maybe three of the top 20 picks in the draft next year. That's what, that's what we're hoping to do, right? Yep. yep. So that, that was the positive uh, that came out of us losing the football game. I know we don't want to ever lose, especially to the Jets, but it is what it is. And, um, you know, you move on from it. We have the Giants up next week, and that's going to be a whole other challenge. We go right back to the same place we played this week. Um, it looks like Eli might be playing. You know, we'll see what happens on Monday night. Tonight, actually, you know, yeah. t- in tonight's game, we'll see how he plays, see if they're going to sit out Jones against us next Sunday. But um, the game, we have some interest in watching it tonight, obviously, because we have to. Uh, talk about this team on Wednesday's podcast. So we'll be able to sit there and evaluate them tonight and um, and have a nice, uh, you know, there's something to work on on Wednesday. We'll have something to work with for Wednesday's show. Exactly. Uh, anything else you'd like to add for today? <laughs> I'm good. How about you? I am good. I am looking forward to next week. Yeah, Mike, one more thing, and you can talk about this. Um, what did you think 
<laughs> of Flores yesterday at the end of that football game. I enjoyed the hell out of him. I, yes. I mean, you know, he was fired up. I like that. You know, I like a coach that's mentally out there, you know. He, he was fit to be tied. I would have loved to hear what he was saying. Oh, absolutely. Wouldn't you have looked? Yeah, it would have been great to just I would, be I would have loved to hear what he was saying. I hope he was mic'd up. The guy that uh, was cracking <laughs> me up, Mike, was the, uh, the, the assistant that was trying to calm him down. Uh-huh. They, he wasn't having none of it. He didn't care. <laughs> it didn't matter who was sitting in front of him. He was just losing his mind over it. It was, it was great to see. I mean, this is what you want. This guy has so much fight in him, yes. and it translates into the players, and that's what you love as a head coach. Yes, it you reminded know? me of Shula. I mean, Shula used to act the same way on the sidelines. Absolutely. Now, you know, when, when he felt something was right, he didn't want to hear nothing. He just wanted to get his point across, and that's how Flores was yesterday. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it, and I'm sure everybody watching the TV, you know, that was a Dolphin fan, enjoyed it too. Mm-hmm. I hope the players enjoyed it, and I hope, you know, it rubs off on them, like you said, you know, uh, because they have to play with that kind of passion. Yes. So we'll be back Wednesday. We'll talk to New York Giants and uh, look ahead to them. And uh, until then, thanks for listening. And uh, Lou, thanks for joining me uh, this afternoon. Very welcome. And we'll be back on Wednesday. Fins up, everybody. Fins up, doll fans. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 